racing. Ask not what your heart voice can do for you. The Hospitalites have landed, and we're uh, all here today. I have Parker on my left. Oh, finally back. And that's all we thats all we care about. That's right. Glad right. to be back, Mike boys. is on my right. Yeah, Hi, but back to Parker. Yes, Parker, we, hey. we missed your technical skills. You know, glad to be back. How was the mountains? Oh, the mountains were good. Only saw a few bears. Good. And uh, only a couple deaths. And so uh, it was a good hike. What kind of insights did you learn about motorsport and Haas by taking time to just be in nature? That's a good question, Mike. <laughs> I asked that. My name is Max. Oh, sorry. <laughs> did uh, did Parker hit his head on this hike? Oh, thanks. M- Max? Yeah. Is that it? Max, you know that I took this time to get to know my inner Haas boy. Well, Gunter goes on hikes. Yeah. He went on a hike during the off season, so. He's a Billy Goat. A Billy Gunter. So, so I yeah, sorry that. to interrupt. I, no, it's okay. It's fine. I wanted that time like Gunter gets, and I decided, okay, I can go out there and just get to know my inner Haas boy. And what I discovered was something pretty remarkable. <laughs> what was it? Let's cut to the clip. You, you like prepared like a video. <laughs> it's got like some stock iPhone music from like a memory. I'm just imagining like it's something unpredictable, <laughs> but in the end it's right. And it's me just like walking around in a hospital in a hospital catching a butterfly on my hand. No, but seriously, guys, seriously. So I was up there and I knew where Gunter was going to be. Uh-huh. And uh, I approached the mountain where he was sat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took three days to climb that mountain. Yeah, The whole way up, I was just dreaming of the moment that I was going to finally meet Gunter. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I reached the mountaintop, I saw him cross-legged on the peak. Yeah, And he reached out to me and he said, Come here. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is not going to be as dramatic as I thought because it's Gunter. And he's like, what the f*** are you doing up here? That's a great insight. I was like, Gunter, I've come to finally become a Haas boy. And he said, okay, it's quite simple. You just have to donate some money. We're quite poor. In fact, I can't pay for this trip myself. I was like, can you take $10, like $20? He says, that would be great. Gene is completely out of money. And uh, we sat there. We had a s'more together. One of my s'mores. And he ate a bunch of my granola bars because he had no food. And he's been meditating. And uh, as I left that mountaintop, it, it was clear to me that <laughs> the heart of being a Haas boy is uh, borrowing from others and doing the best with what you have. Oh, wow, what a great insight. And yeah. What a journey. Journey to the feet of the Steiner. Yeah. Wow. But he said he wouldn't come on the podcast. <laughs> Damn it. It was actually really depressing. <laughs> Dang it. I'm not doing well. Well... We're glad you're here. Thanks for the attempt. We can we appreciate help. it. How was the episode? I thought it was great. It was great. We had a wonderful guest. Thanks Brandon to Brandon. Brandon is an amazing guest. Yeah. Lots of fun. Crushed Mike's hopes about Daniel being on Hoth. Yeah. Well, I don't know what his problem is. But, I'm uh, not giving up on that yet. Okay. Yeah. We're not giving up on that yet. Because yeah. things might be happening. Who knows? You never know. Gunter's still up on the mountain. We haven't heard from him. Yes. <laughs> He's not back down. <laughs> neither <yet>. neither has <laughs> he Mick. Not, he did not look good. No. It was a great, great time to have a guest. So we hope you enjoyed that. Bit of a deeper, nerdy dive into the 
to motorsport talk and cars. Definitely. So we know Mike enjoyed it. Yeah. And we hope you enjoyed it as well. It was pretty cool. How was that for you? I was bored, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... Nothing to offer. I just, you know, I missed being irritated. So welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Want to talk about rims? <laughs> it's going to get good today. Yeah, we have good. some great things to talk about. First off, um, we just want to give some shout outs to some of our cool fans. I was in Indianapolis this last weekend and I took the chance to go out to the, uh, I got to say it right, the Motor Speedway. Indianapolis because I said Motor it wrong, Speedway. And one of our fans, I, we had a story. I just said it wrong in the story. And this fan was like, hey, like, it's the it's the Motor Speedway, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I did not want to type that all out on Instagram. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's a lot of letters. <laughs> but I said Indy Raceway, which is not very good. Yeah. So thanks to... Uh, yeah, get it right, Yeah, thanks dude. to Hans. I'm glad, hard- I'm glad he reached out. And I hope he's a... Uh, Hope he's happy with his shout out. Yeah. Because we're yeah. happy if he's listening. Yeah. And thank you for be... listening. So welcome to the club. Yeah. yeah. We also want to give a big shout out to Caleb. He's a big fan. He just wrote in to say hi to us. Gave us some cool ideas for merch. Man, it'd awesome. be fun to get some cool merch going. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, and he just says that he thinks we're awesome. He shares it with everyone he knows. And so awesome. Thank you so much. He says he might send us a drunk message someday. So yeah. we'll hopefully... That's a hospital. some of those. That's a true hospital. The lines are open. The lines are <laughs> We also heard open. from our young racer oh, last yeah. week, which I was so happy to hear about in the episode. Very cool, yeah. This is the most amazing thing. We're going to keep following him, and we're going to support him as far as he goes. Yeah. We are here to support that Even guy. Even if it's something that's just like, it'd be great if... <laughs> We could get some sponsorship location even on a helmet. Yeah. Hoss right. Boys on his helmet. Yeah. Just a quick sticker slap. Do you know something I was thinking about that as well is, so Trevor is participating in an electric karting league. And, you know, something that's interesting about that is that they're, they're set up kind of different. And usually they're kind of indoor courses and things. And there's not a ton of grip on those usually because it's like a retired shopping market that you're racing around on. So it's really slick floors. Mm. And then, a, you know, on a gas cart, you have the engine that's seated next to you or behind you a little bit. And that gives you kind of a predictability of like where the weight's going to be. Hmm. So you can kind of check it around. But man, when I get into a battery powered cart on really slick concrete, it is so hard to get it to steer correctly. Really? Because it's just such a different balance. And so anyways, it reflected some of what he was saying. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's going to take some getting used to, mm-hmm. but it's really cool. It's definitely a, a really good skill to learn. But I also would say go out and try some other carts as well. Yeah. It's just super cool. That's exciting. We're here for it, Trevor. Yeah, really fun. Speaking of other American sports like IndyCar, uh, Kimmy. Oh, yeah. The old Iceman. The Ice ice Baby Man. man. The Ice Baby Cometh. (laughs) 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 It was really cool to see Kimmy come out of his uh, retirement for a race weekend. It was really cool, too, because NASCAR actually gave a few of these drivers permission to test. is racing in NASCAR. Just for this race. He just did this race. Just this one race. And it was because it's at Watkins Glen. And Watkins Glen is kind of a historical American circuit because it does have Formula One ties, IndyCar ties, and obviously NASCAR. It's in New York. Okay. That's a cool idea. So it's a really cool spot. It's a cool idea to put a racetrack there. (laughs) (laughs) It's only been there for like 100 years. Yeah. It's a no, cool idea. It's a really cool racetrack. Again, tons of heritage. They they do endurance races there. Mm. And so lots of disciplines have visited and tons of 
icons and legends of the of motorsport have raced on the track. So Kimmy, of course, getting the opportunity to race in NASCAR is like, where on the calendar do you want to participate? Mm-hmm. Watkins really? Glen kind of stood out as like, that's a good one. It's a road yeah. course that kind of suits my style. Mm-hmm. Why, why only one? Well, I think first of all, one of the things that's really cool about the team that he did this with is called Track House Racing. And a fun fact about Trackhouse is that Mr. Worldwide is a partner in Trackhouse Racing. Pitbull owns half of Trackhouse Racing. I mean, that's cool, but we we always love American-owned teams. But is if he's worldwide, <laughs> does it count? It just it made count? it a global sport at this point. It's just yeah. F one again. I'm glad, I'm glad Pitbull's taking it global. Yeah. Well, and as a side note, I texted you guys because I thought it was kind of funny that NASCAR was flexing that this weekend it's going to be the first time that seven countries were represented in the field of NASCAR. That was the highest number well, they've Pitbull's ever there, achieved. Pitbull's there. It's like 150 countries. <laughs> it's starting to get interplanetary. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like Beastie Boys. Well, good it. for NASCAR. Yeah. So, but anyways, it just made me chuckle because I'm like, oh, there's seven countries represented in like the people who are sweeping... <laughs> And At picking F1. up trash if F1 events. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. so many countries represented every week. Hey, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. We could proud we could be proud of NASCAR for trying. So. It it is funny that both of these motor these sports have just kind of been siloed. It's like been America and then everyone else. Right. So funny. It's cool to see them kind of converge a little. Yeah. And so with Project 91, which was what they called Kimmy's car and the whole idea, the team at Trackhouse Racing presented the opportunity to NASCAR to say, hey, we want to designate a car each year or as often as we can, as you'll allow, to bring people over from Europe to try this. And we're going, can we, is more or less how it went, can we allow them to have a test before the race so that way they can have at least some seat time before we throw them in the fire and they Mm -hmm. race. So Kimmy did get an opportunity to have some testing before he went to the track, not a lot, Mm -hmm. and then went out and raced. He qualified well. He ended up being 20, somewhere in the 20s. But when you consider that, you know, first to 20th in NASCAR is a few tenths, kind of like in Formula One, mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad effort. He didn't qualify dead last, yeah. you know? Um, and he got all the way up into the top 10. He was, I think, eighth at his highest point. Nice. Okay, man. And so, I mean, he was crushing well, he's it. A, he's not only the Formula One champion, he's a world rally car champion. I believe he has won a yeah. world rally car championship. The dude is he? a great driver. And Let, let's check it. We call him Iceman because of that. I don't know if it's because of that clip, but that clip where he just full sends it into the into cloud the of smoke. smoke. That's oh one my of my gosh. favorite clips. He is so ballsy. That's what I think of when I think of like great racing. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like courageous guys that yeah throw themselves into the smoke. So yeah, if he has a Formula One championship, World Rally championship, he can drive a NASCAR. Right. Yeah. And he did, I know that for a fact he did race in the World Rally Car Championship. He didn't win. He won. He, he <laughs> won. He won, though. He didn't, he didn't win. He may not have won, but he won, though. He didn't win, but Kimmy also kind of started in like racing off road and dirt bikes. I'm going to check my internet. Says. <laughs> okay, I'm going to check my internet. <laughs> His internet's okay, internet. so much better than mine. <laughs> okay, Goo Goo. Did Kimmy win? Yes. <laughs> he won all his races. <laughs> Thanks, Gugu. <laughs> the 
Jesus. That's a great. So do you think he'll be invited back to the NASCARs? Yeah, I was asked that question by reporters. <laughs> and they were saying, are you going to come back and give this a shot? And he was like, I don't know. They have to invite me. <laughs> but you know Kimmy. Kimmy. Yeah. So he uh, he wasn't very clear about what the intentions were there. But kind of as a cool thing to look forward to now is that this team, they're committed to this, hmm. that they want to bring European drivers over yep. and allow them to have the opportunity to kind of give this a shot. Which team, remind me? They're called Trackhouse Racing. Trackhouse. But yeah, honestly, though, what was cool about it is it, it was cool to see a Formula One driver in NASCAR. Yeah. It was cool to see him be able to have some battles. And that was what he said. You know, he did end, eventually end up crashing out of the race due to circumstances that weren't really, like, great. He it was wasn't drunk. his fault. <laughs> <laughs> no. Due to circumstances that were out of his control. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, the, a car spun. A car spun in front of the Give pack. Give me the drink. Yeah. <laughs> Give me got the drink. <laughs> a wrong drink. Yeah, this is too strong a drink. It, the car spun in front of the pack. They went to avoid, and Uh-oh. he was carrying quite a bit of speed and just couldn't avoid somebody and Dang. ended up crashing out. But anyways, great first attempt. He crushed it. I honestly would love to see Kimmy doing it more frequently. Yeah, it, he'd be such a great asset to the sport. Yeah. yeah. It made NASCAR really interesting for sure this weekend. We love F1 and we love all things American motorsports. So we're excited to see someone from an F1 entering in. When those things bleed over, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. We love some bleed through. Especially because I might know what I'm talking about. Like I know who Kimi Raikkonen is. Right. That's fun. Right. That's all as far as that NASCAR knowledge goes. You know what a V8 is. Oh yeah. Eight of them. You got got tomato juice and you got... (laughs) Some celery ground up in there. Oh man. It means you got eight <laughs> engines in your car. Okay, before before we shift gears with this <laughs> weird intro segment that we've been doing, I remember when I was first started talking cars with you, my favorite movie, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yes. I had seen it, I was obsessed with it, and you were talking about engines and you were like, Oh yeah, the V eight engine. It's like mm. and you start talking like had this diagram of your hands with like the V eight thing, and yeah. I was like I was like, in Fury Road, they all worship V8 engines and they like do this in front of the V8 engines and the symbols. Interlocking their fingers. Yeah, to show there's eight cylinders on an engine block. And I was like, this movie is amazing. (laughs) For those of you that are listening, Max is interlocking his four fingers pointing at 45 degree angles from one another. We'll just take a picture of this for the Instagram. I'm going to snap a picture right now. uh, Here, let me give you the shutter sound. Three, two... One. Hey, you'll see that. You'll know what I'm talking about. Watch Mad Max Fury Road. Great car movie. I cannot watch that movie <laughs> and, and then not movie. want a V8 engine. I want one so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What should he get? Well, you know. If we talk about dream cars, it would be a V8 El Camino. Oh. I know oh. it's not. Yeah. It's, it's my just, style, though. Yeah. You love just <laughs> yeah. useless horsepower. <laughs> That's not useless. You can put you can put stuff in the back. Yeah. yeah. It's way more useful than like a Porsche. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Can you put a shovel in a Porsche? Yeah, no. you can. Can you put a full other engine in yeah, the back of exactly. a Porsche? In the back of it, you can put exactly. it in the front. And it probably, <laughs> that engine probably sounds really good. Yeah, so does a flat six. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not a V8. I don't remember them doing that in Mad Max. Okay, we're off this. Shift, 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 <laughs> shifting gears. Shift, 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 shift. Haas news. 
Yeah. We do love the Haas boys. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> I feel like we haven't been together in a while. It's and, been uh, a minute. It has been a while. Yeah. Um, Haas news. Yeah. What is it, Mike? Well, <laughs> the goss. What is news? What is, wait, let's start there. What is what? Definition. Yo, Mike, what's that Haas goss? Ooh, hashtag it, dude. So, Mickey boy. Mm-hmm. He's been messing around and playing in the paddock outside of the paddock, if you know what I mean. I don't. Well, is he cheating on his wife? What is that? Yeah, kind of. Gunter. Oh, he's cheating on his Gunter. So who's he talking to? He was caught following the Alpine CEO. And just as a reminder, who's the team principal at Alpine? Crack Marsh Smokenauer. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> so Mr. Slankenauer. Yeah. Is apparently trying to recruit Mick. You think that's a you think that's a legit sign that he might be talking with Alpine? Let's just say that if somebody spotted that, they would have spotted it because it came across in their activity feed. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it shows you what your people that you're following are doing on the platform. Uh-huh. So someone spotted it, and so the timing of a summer break following yeah. the CEO of another manufacturer definitely puts a little bit of a. Uh, you're up to something. Has that kind of thing happened in the past? Oh yeah, this is a lot of the time when drivers are dropping hints that something's changing, they'll change the bio on their Instagram and then the world set ablaze that oh, something's happening. That's so funny. And yeah. a lot of these fans, I, it's one of my favorite things about like F1 Twitter, uh-huh. which is a thing like hashtag yeah. F1 Twitter is they'll lose their minds if somebody deletes wh- who they race from. Would you just love, love, to be, really? love to be a driver and just mess with your bio yeah. on the daily? <laughs> yeah. I swear Valtteri like was doing it move. all the time last year. <laughs> He's like Formula One driver. So would <laughs> delete driver and just say Formula One. Really? So, yeah. So this, so this potentially could be a rumor that Mick might go to Alpine. And that would definitely shake up the driver market it again. Would, and it would suck. We love Mick. We yeah. do. And we've And gosh, they gave him a good chance here. Right. Yeah. They're like dad, man, yeah. for Mick. Well, not this actually. And the car's decent. Yeah, the car's decent. I think that would be foolish. Cause if he goes if he goes to another team, he's starting over like any other driver and he's a rookie. So that's even mm, worse. Yeah. Well, when you think about it this way as well, the Haas car has been very competitive with the Alpine, mm-hmm. but Haas has had a really bad string of luck, some bad strategy calls, a yeah. couple of things that haven't really gone their way. But in sheer pace, the Alpine and the Haas are actually very equal to each other right now. Yeah. And so it would be kind of a sidestep. And yes, the primary team for Renault, which is a huge company, yeah. is Alpine. Yeah. So it's the opposite that it has a huge budget. But just for the sake of comparing apples to apples here. Haas isn't that far off, so it just wouldn't be a huge step. That would open up the door to that speculation that we could get Daniel Ricciardo. Right. (sighs) See, we talked about last week as like a pipe dream. Yeah, but could shape up to be something. And then if Mick breaks our hearts, we'll need a big smile to fix that heart. Honestly, it's fun to think about, but also from a really practical perspective, of all the teams that Ricardo could go to, like Haas is definitely a possibility. He's not a guy that's like heavily super in demand. 
guess where that also puts him in a pathway of? Something that he's never been in the pathway of. A Ferrari seat. Oh. Ricardo? Yeah, because there's... Oh, if he was to go to Haas. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, not that there's like a lot of years left on that career and there's a lot of reasons why that might not happen. However, mm. being in the Ferrari family is being in the Ferrari family. And then speaking of that, that was some news that launched today. And Antonio Giovanazzi <laughs> is going to come back and he's going to test for Haas. So do you think so, Haas could have him as a driver? Potentially. I would rather... What? I mean, honestly, I'd rather have Ricardo. Well, yeah, clearly. Who, we don't but want if, Giovanazzi. Yeah. But beggars can't be choosers here as well. So if, yeah, I mean, Giovanazzi outpaced Kimi Räikkönen most of last season. So Antonio Giovinazzi's beaten a world rally champion in the same machinery. <laughs> a F1 world champion, which wow. is a higher honor than the rally championship. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, that's debatable. Either way, good upward trajectory for Haas. Yeah. And and we need to remember that it was very recently that we were just like dragging the bottom of the barrel right. for cash and got Nikita. Right. And so it's really cool. I just am like so thrilled about the the path that Haas is on. Totally. And I, again, Giovinazzi, whether or not he's like an actual opportunity for us in the future, but, you know, having him come back into Formula One and be in the paddock is what he needs for his career. Yeah. He spent this last season in FE, Formula E. Giovinazzi did? Yeah. And so just, just to be back in the paddock is really good for him to brush shoulders with some people. So I like that Haas is extending that opportunity, get him to just at least socialize again. Cool. We got some fun Haas Goss. Yeah. This is exciting. The old hot Haas Goss. Um, hot Haas Goss? Yeah. <laughs> now sounding like a really strange drink. Yeah, it's dope. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know if you've already done a shifting gears, but we're going to... Let's do another one. There's another gear to always to shift to. This is a question. How many gears do F1 cars have? Eight. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Way, way too many in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot. It is. In your opinion, why do you think it's too much? Well, I mean, to be fair, the engineering exists for that purpose to be able to use each gear to be that much quicker because uh-huh. you can be more specific with the more gears that you have mm-hmm. on where you want power and how it delivers. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, back in the day, these were six speeds and mm-hmm. they were shifters, not paddles. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, they're an eight-speed, eight-speed uh, paddle. Crazy. So we've got eight gears to go through. You could per episode. You get, <laughs> you could get lost in those gears. Yeah, real quick. Um, we have a great question that we thought we'd answer today. Yes, this comes in from Sam, who is a pretty decent listener. He listens to a lot of the episodes. So. His ears are really good. Yeah. His really good ears. Such I don't think a good he's listener. seen a race yet, but he loves the podcast and loves listening <laughs> and learning about it. He's like, he's probably the smartest F1 fan that's never seen the race. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's waiting for it to be in his time zone because he's too lazy to wake up in the morning to watch it. So American Grand Prix. Austin. <laughs> um, he says, if you were to look at the greatest drivers of all time, what do you think their skill makeup is? Do you think it's 50% science in the car and 50% skill? Do you think there's a percentage of luck in there? Do you think there's a percentage of instinct? What percentage makes up the perfect driver? Wow. What a great question. Yeah. We can also tie it into like, what is a good mindset of a driver? Um, So yeah, Mike, what makes up a good driver? There's definitely like a sense of, of I'm the greatest. You know, I feel like that's just the first bullet point. 
And I'd hate to say that this to our younger listeners because it's just not a good personality trait. Just to be cocky as. Just to think that you truly are the fastest human being that's ever lived. You can't have any doubt, I guess. Truly. In my opinion, it plays into the confidence of the driver in what they're going to do and how they communicate to the team and how well they do that as well. It plays into everything. In so many of these extreme sports, we're all interested in extreme sports, the three of us. In any of these dangerous sports, hesitation will kill mm, you. Right. Mm. In all of them. Mm. Think of any extreme sport like yeah. skiing or snowboarding or even skydiving yeah. or motocross or skateboarding or rally. If you hesitate, mm. you're gonna die. You're toast. Mm. So I think it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a prereq because that's how you can go around a track and not crash your car. It's just like a prerequisite. If if Lewis Hamilton in any moment said to himself, I'm not the best and I can't deal with this, when he had three inflated tires and one flat at Silverstone, he would not have won that race. No, he'd be like, ooh, uh, oh, am I really going to get this? He's just like, no, F it. Like, I'm going to point my wheels Mm. to the place they need to go. And that's all I can do. They're kind of like, dumb in that way which is awesome i think it's a great trait all right here goes the tires i'm going to point them there and that's all i have going on in my head i'm not thinking about anything Mm -hmm. else it's not like am i going to be able to do it it's just like this is all there is to do well and there's also the factor of kind of like what we talked about earlier in the season where gunter told mick that he couldn't crash anymore and that kind of thing is really damaging in my opinion for Mm. a driver to be afraid of the ill that you could cause to the team's budget. Because Mm -hmm. then you hesitate and you don't take gaps. Correct. Yeah. And so with Lewis, if he was even thinking for a second, I might break a suspension piece Mm. that's going to cost the team a bunch of money, Mm. that would cost him the race. Anything that causes the hesitation will take you out of the opportunity to win. And so for me, trait number one has to be just almost excessive ego matched with excessive talent. Yeah, I also think there's something you two brought up there is like not hesitating. Correct. That's a that's a skill in itself. Like, yeah, yeah. just that confidence, confidence, and not like fearless in a way. Right. Sometimes I wonder if it's a lack of fear or if it's just a lack of comprehension for what can happen. It's somewhat of ignoring the genuine reality of what could happen to you if it went wrong. Not to dig too deep into this subject. Let's but not. I was just talking. <laughs> Do not try. We want to keep it just on the surface. Yeah, if you could just, just surface level it. only. This is not this deep. isn't a sad. Uh, we're gonna dig deep. deep Roman Grosjean is little um, driver boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I was talking to somebody about starting a business. Like anybody that's started a business and gone through a business, you just get into the most insane problems, like the most sane, cyclical, tough problems that if you knew about those going in, you would never have done it. Right. But it's the self-deception that you have to participate in to do things greatly. Like these guys, they just have to like kind of deceive themselves that this race is going to go amazing. Even though they just saw Joe go on you do 360 and land in the net, they just have to look at the next race and be like, that's not me. I'm going to race and I'm just going to do this because otherwise you just wouldn't do it. And I think it's like kind of a necessary and cool part about being human is you just put it out of your mind and you just launch into it or else you don't move. And that's why people 
aren't racers is because they can't keep, they can't even get out on the road. No, I think that that's a really good point. Yeah. Some similarly to that, a lot of what we hear in like the Beyond the Grid podcast uh-huh. is that something that like is a constant with Tom Clarkson interviews with a lot of these older drivers because it's not that long ago that death was a very frequent occurrence in Formula One. Mm. NASCAR has dealt with its fair share. IndyCar has dealt with its fair share, but Formula One really dealt with it. It was frequent. And it was because of the advancement of technology that was kind of surging ahead of the the desire to protect the driver, which seems like in America happened first. (laughs) But in in Europe, they were just about, how can we make this go faster? How do we win? And so... They were a little slower to emphasize safety. But once it started to take flight, it really did settle in fast. But in every single one of those interviews, Tom Clarkson has a moment where he has to ask a driver, how did you deal and how did you push forward knowing that your friend had died or that you had witnessed someone who was ejected from a car or mm-hmm. you you arrived at the scene first? Like a lot of really traumatic experiences. Mm. And all of them, all of them said they just had to put it out of their mind and keep working. Yeah. And in a lot of occasions, and this is one of the darkest parts of the sports past, in a lot of those occasions, races would go ahead. They'd continue. They would shoot the driver. <laughs> if they got injured. If they- <laughs> Turn a blind eye and just oh, keep driving. Pa, I'm really hurting. That's too bad. <laughs> The race must go on. This is why we started the ASPCA for drivers is because it was an old yeller mentality <laughs> in like, previous eras. Yeah, rough. And uh, some drivers had to do that work. Yeah, they would have to be the ones. <laughs> yeah, they'd say, it's time to put her down. Old yeller. <laughs> but to have a mind like a steel trap right. to put any like aspect of harm that could come to you just out of your mind completely. Yeah. Because right. you need to fly down that track. I feel like drivers are exceptionally good at the, there's a a Russian, uh, is an old Russian tale of essentially how you were mentally stronger, which is that if you focus on a white polar bear, if you tell yourself, don't think of a white polar bear, don't think of a white polar bear, you'll, the only thing that you'll think of is a white polar bear. <laughs> so nah, me. so you me. need a blue dolphin. We're going to think of oh, Gunter, okay. Gunter sitting on a mountain. Yeah. yeah. So Gunter is your blue dolphin. Well, now I'm thinking of a polar bear. See, you can't catch my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't keep up with Max. You can't. You, <laughs> See, oh, you've tried Never let him know your next move. <laughs> He's got a mind like a steel trap. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I'm the driver of this You outfit. can't stick anything in his mind. That's why he created the new genre. Steel uh, trap music. Yeah. <laughs> it's steel drums. Yeah, um, yeah I could definitely. And slide uh, guitar. Yeah. yeah, Jamaican trap music. It's sweet. Yeah. It's very chill. Um, I can definitely see what you're talking about. So that's a prereq for being a driver. Let's say that that's yeah, 40% of it. Give us two other parts that you think get people into the top of the pack. Yeah. So I would feel like the next part of this is is kind of two-piece. One of them is being able to communicate what the car needs and what it's doing somewhat. Now here's where I'm going to kind of a small veer from that because more than a a tie rod or knowing any of how that functions, what matters is being able to say that as I like load the car into a, a right hander off court, like off camber, which might be turn 12 at a certain circuit or something, I'm feeling it lose grip and I'm not getting the power down when I need to. 
And so in that moment, how do we adjust the car so it's hooking up on turn 12 and that's where I'm losing time to someone who's qualifying next to me, right? As a small story for this, I went to Discount Tire recently to repair a tire. Sweet. And when I had them repair it, I said, I also noticed that this one is off balance. And so if you would do me a favor and rebalance that tire, just pull the weights off and let's redo it. And the guy looked at me and he said, mm, you're one of those glass ass customers. Oh, <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's like, you can tell where everything is, can't you? <laughs> And uh, I took it as a compliment. Yeah, so for sure. a small flex here, but yeah. I, so, I, I so, feel like that's another factor of the driver is really being able to feel the car yeah. and what it's doing, and then very clearly communicating that to the team. Okay, and if you were to pick one more thing, so the next part of that would be how to rally the team around you, and rallying the team around you is Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher's like sauce. That's what they do. The team believes in those two dudes more than I've ever heard any organization believe in anybody. Wow. Do, do you want to know what's weird as I've heard you talking over this is this seems to be the exact opposite of what's happening to the Ferrari drivers. Right. Where their team is not, doesn't seem to be rallied around them. And it's like the team is pointing at them being like, you are the baddest drivers we've ever had. Yeah. Because the car's the perfect and the team is perfect. Could that be just be like, what is we were talking about with pressure last week with Brandon? Like, is that the pressure that they're feeling? It does play very heavily into how the Tifosi sees Ferrari, mm -hmm. which the Tifosi is definitely very strictly in the same mindset that Ferrari's mm -hmm. not making the mistakes. It's these, it's these idiot teenagers that they have behind the wheel mm -hmm. you know and so uh, but truth be told a lot of the ferrari fans now recognize that the team is struggling yeah yeah you're right it's toto has never allowed anything to be thrown around in the team that lewis is inadequate yeah i think that's insane or valtteri is in, in, inadequate or george yeah there's a lot of building up and trying to rally the team but i do find it to be the responsibility of the driver yeah. And I think that one thing that Charles and Carlos being young and being at this infamous team and a lot of those like pressures that mm -hmm. exist, it's tricky. But Michael Schumacher came at it with such a confidence that Ferrari could do it. And mm. so he just rallied them to just adore him. And to your point, Max, I'm sure a ton of these drivers are experiencing this pressure from teams and it is their job to just sit there and be oh. like, you're wrong. Yeah. And just say, you're wrong. And and some of them don't have that. And that's the difference between the championship and the guys who aren't. Yeah. Is that the championship drivers are like, no, stuff you. I am the best in the world. Right. And it's, yeah. it's interesting. I think of examples just because I guess that's useful. And I look back and like one that doesn't show that would be Valtteri Bottas. Right. Who the, everybody's trashing him and the team's like leaning on him and putting pressure on him. And he just kind of folded in those last couple of years. And it, it wasn't that. It wasn't like we were, I remember we had this conversation at a time where we're mm -hmm. like, Valtteri, just go. Just yeah. say stuff you and just race your race and just go. But he yeah. was always letting Hamilton pass and being the team guy, yeah. even though he was just getting stepped on. But there are other racers. And I feel like that's maybe more of like a Gasly. I, I, he's who I'm reaching for. I'm sure there's way better examples, Mike, where it's like he gets put down to Alphatari and he's like, no, I'm the best. Let's go. He's that pit bull that's on his thing. 
even though all the circumstances are against him. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a great example because Pierre Gasly went from having a lot of insecurity and a lot of the team not really rallying behind him when he was at Red Bull. At Red Bull to being put back to where he was and where he was comfortable to just destroying it immediately. Yeah. yeah. And so again, he knew how to rally AlphaTauri behind him and he didn't know how to get Red Bull to buy in on him mm-hmm. the way that Max had gotten that buy-in. And so the to me, like that relationship with your team and being like, we're a unit, we're going to make this work has been, and here's the best metaphor ever, Fernando Alonso's Achilles heel. This is what's ruined his career. Fernando is an extremely abrasive person and a very finger pointy, it's your fault kind of guy. Uh, And he has imploded every team that he has been on. hmm. He blew up McLaren with Lewis. He blew up Ferrari. He blew up McLaren again with Honda and then went to Renault and then had a bad time. Not even really that bad of a time with Alpine but now is going to Aston Martin. And it just seems to me like the biggest problem he has is that somehow he's not able to convince everyone that's around him, even though I don't think it would take much, that he's the best Mm -hmm. and that they need to support him. And I think it's just because he's just a little too mean. But he also has two (laughs) world championships. Right. So it's like he should be able to do that easily. It's interesting. That that paints a really clear picture. And I believe this picture that we've painted of kind of what it takes to be a great driver. And there are, what, 10 really major other things like, you know, that maybe make up a good 20% of that, which is how they break, how they corner, how they launch. Right. and, And things like that. But it seems like mindset is just such an enormous part of it and that these other skills can be learned. So that's That's interesting. interesting. It's a cool question. Right. I feel like with music, you can teach, you can teach skill, but you can't, you can't teach heart. You can't teach heart. Right. And I think that the, the, these personality traits are almost more important than the skills. Interesting. Great answer. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Good answer, Mike. (laughs) Good (laughs) question, Sam. Thank you guys. It was a great chat. We love questions. So send them all in on Instagram, Gmail, have we gotten a drunk text in a while? No, just from Sir Wallace. <laughs> yeah. We're going to try and get Sir Wallace on the podcast soon. Okay? Yeah. Because yeah. so if you're listening, Sir Wallace, we're coming for you. Start start thinking of questions about race cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or answers to whatever questions we were going to ask you about yeah. English race cars. Do your studying. Yeah. yeah. We're still obsessed with you. <laughs> the Haas bar exam is coming. Yeah. <laughs> Race this week. It's finally race week. The Ross break is over. Week. We talked about last week's spa. Um, yes. What are our thoughts now that Brandon's finally gone? Yeah, freaking <laughs> good gracious. Now we can get a word in. <laughs> Me. <laughs> you. Um, not guilty of that at all. But. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but spa's this week and it's a triple header. I don't know what races are after but, oh, yeah. Um, we have spa? three races right in a row each week. Spa, spa. then the Netherlands, Zandvoort. Which is Max's home track. And then oh. our home track. Just getting our favorite place, oh, Monza. Monza. Yes. On September 11th. That'll be three fun weeks. Yeah, it's a great packed races. Great three pack? Yeah, we'll call it a three pack. Mm. Give us a little uh, peek. Spa, as we know, as we talked about, that first corner is something that we can watch out for for this weekend. Lights out, 
and down away we go to a hairpin, which causes frequent accidents. Yeah. Uh, this year is going to be a fully new experience for us because, again, the car allows so much closer following, so mm-hmm. much closer racing. Yeah. And so I also wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of upgrades that show up this weekend. So we might see a little more performance out of a few teams that have been sleeping in the uh, mm-hmm. mid-pack. So it could be a really... I mean, I, I'm always excited for Spa. It's also frequently raining. Mm. Last year was a bit of a bummer. Not surprising if it's a w- wet weekend. Yes, and I, I love Spa in the rain. Last year was the exception where it rained so hard that they only did laps behind the safety car. That was the one oh, lap yeah. race? Yeah. Okay. Three laps. That's why I don't know Spa at all. Yeah. It's a great racetrack, and again, it, it ticks all the boxes for me. It's green, it's beautiful, has elevation mm. changes, it's just all of the things. And that famous corner, Arouge. Arouge, yeah. It's oh, really cool to Rouge. look at. If you are listening, just go on YouTube and search like Arouge, yeah. and just watch cars blast by that. It's like a great corner to look at if you want to actually see cars and their speed. Right. Um, Because sometimes with like the aerial views we get of Formula One, they look so slow because it's so zoomed out. But you get a good view of that corner and they are blindingly fast. And it's freaking steep. So, uh, and it also is slightly different this year. So we're going to see something oh. that's a little bit new. Is there any surprising There's clowns us? in the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that different. Uh, that's what it would take to surprise me. Uh, so that's yeah. why I went. Yeah, so Mike topped that. What is it? <laughs> so last year, <laughs> last year they had uh, that really bad Lando Norris crash in qualifying when he was setting a really good lap and then he... <laughs> Classic. Bottomed out, <laughs> smashed in the wall. Yeah, freaking Classic Lando. Lando. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they altered the track and they changed it a little bit. There's a little bit more runoff area going up Eroge now just because of the danger. How would you feel as a driver to know that you altered a famous track because you crashed out? <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't feel too bad knowing how much that track's already changed, mm. but... For sure, that corner is iconic. And it's so, like Lewis Hamilton has like the Lewis Hamilton straight yeah. in, in like England. <laughs> yeah. And Lando's Lando's like, just called Lando I crashed now. at Spa. <laughs> they put more bumpers up because I crashed. <laughs> <laughs> it's now called Erlando. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Lando, don't mess this up again. <laughs> so, cool. so the track's really cool. I love that place. And what uh what what can you project for uh, for Haas from what we know about Haas' performance this year? What are you looking at? I feel like they could have a really great race because they seem to have been very they, they've performed really well at tracks where there's a lot of high speed. Cool, yeah. You know straightaways, and uh, this is one of those tracks that has some big passing zone straightaways. And again, so I'm like I'm dying to see this race with the new car i feel like it's got a lot of cool opportunities for passing and in places where in the past it would have been totally unthinkable i don't know how zandvoort yes how fast that is but mons is insanely fast yeah so So that'll be a fun one for haas too yeah let's go zandvoort's kind of interesting because it's got banked corners it's max's home track it's kind of a crazy looking track deal yeah because it was the first time they've been back in years okay cool so we're uh going back to zandvoort for the second time fun in a long time and then after that monza and we know that i have called that the wild card race of the year right Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we're just going to expect a unexpected winner so but i feel like we could get that anywhere for the next three races so let's go all right three halls Thanks. We're stoked for the weekend. Thanks for listening. 
Remember, tell all your friends about the Hoss Boys podcast. Review us on Spotify. Give us five stars. It helps us share it, rate it, um, send it to people you know, like cars. If you know someone that drives a car, they would love this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Cars. Bye. Bye. And he reached out to me and he said, Come here.